Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. Indeed, welcome to the Sages Among Us on a cold, dark, late autumn evening on the western slope of the Sierra Nevadas. It's time for the Sages Among Us, and my guest this evening is Antonio Ayesteran, professional certified chef, former executive chef at Alta Sierra Country Club, owner of Antonio Ayesteran Custom Catering, and he's an active member of our Western Nevada County community. So, Antonio, welcome to the hot seat on The Sages Among Us. Thank you, and thanks for saying my name right. Did I get it right? You, you did a good job, yes. I, I tried. I rehearsed <laughs> it a little bit. So uh, let me share a little bit more of your background with our audience, and then we're going to talk about how you and your uh, your family and your life experience and your role in the community and uh, and what you do here. But uh, I know you, you were born in Mexico City. Uh, you had uh, bi- bi-national parents. Uh, you spent first thing, 13 years of your life there, uh, learning to cook at the side of your grandmother there, who I understand used to serve massive amounts of paella to the neighborhood sure to keep did. in good, uh, good graces with the neighbors. <laughs> what a wonderful tradition. Yep. Uh, and then at age 13, you moved to Redding, California with your uh, American uh, grandmother and yep. uh, cooked with her as well. Yep. Attended Shasta College where you got your culinary certificates and then uh, started work in the industry. Uh, you attended the uh, Culinary Olympics, I think. You're going to tell us about that and yep. uh, won some prizes there. Uh, you became executive chef at Alta Sierra a few years ago and then decided that your family uh, work-life balance was better served by opening your own business. That's kind of seems like it might be the other way around, but you're going to tell us about that, too. And so you've been catering in the community for how many years? Oh, for since 2006. Okay, so, so that's... What are we going on, 17 years? 16 years? 16 years, yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. So you've built quite a reputation, and I know you do a fabulous job, and I've, I've personally experienced it and, uh, and appreciated it. So uh, let's talk about all of that. But uh, uh, tell us a little bit more about your early years in Mexico City, and you have fond memories of that part of your life? Oh, I sure do, yeah. So I was born and raised in Mexico City. I actually lived uh, for two years in Costa Rica uh, when I was between five and seven years old. My dad was a diplomat, so he did a lot of traveling. Ah. Um, and in Mexico, we lived with, with, with our grandparents. So my mom was a teacher. My dad was always at work. So I'd come home from school, and I'd hang out with my grandparents. I'd watch soccer with my grandfather, um, and I'd cook with my grandma. You know, She would take me to the open-air markets after school, and we'd pick out what we're going to cook for dinner. So, you know, I've got fond memories of her pointing at what to get and what we're going to make. And, and needless to say, I started falling in love with cooking. And, yeah. Well, and uh, the, the rest of us have benefited greatly because of that. Yeah. So um, any, any special um, things about being there that you miss in terms of not being? Oh, I definitely anymore? miss the food. You know, I, I miss my dad. My dad still lives down there. My cousins yeah. live down there. So I don't get to see them very often. But, you know, it's 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 the lifestyle of living down there is night and day compared to what I'm living now. Um, uh, you know, I definitely miss the street tacos, the, yeah. the really good food down there, which is incredible, um, which is not duplicated here, unfortunately. Uh, so that's mainly what I miss. And, you know, I talk to my dad about once a week and, and we catch up. And so I definitely miss 
definitely miss him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we're we're glad you're here. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Even though it's some inconvenience or some uh, sadness in your life, but uh, we appreciate that. Um, so uh, you came to live in Reading uh, at, at age 13. Yep. Uh, I imagine that was a culture shock. Any any other aspects about that? that... You know, it, it wasn't too bad because uh, we'd spend our summers in Reading and in McLeod. So every summer. You know, we'd get out of school in Mexico City, and then I'd spend two months in whether it was McLeod or uh, Redding. So I developed some friendships there. Um, you know, the neighborhood kids, we'd go, you know, we'd go out swimming or played hide-and-go-seek. And so I had, I had a friend base before I moved here, uh, which made it a lot easier. Um, you know, language-wise, Spanish was my first language, but I did go to an American school in Mexico City where half of it's Spanish, half of it's English. So as far as speaking English, I felt fairly comfortable. Um, but definitely Spanish was my first language, and uh, th- that transition wasn't too hard. But uh, any, you know. any, any instances of, of prejudice or bias against you? Uh, Not at coming all. from Mexico? No, I, I, from the time I, I got here, I developed some incredible friends. I still have friends I haven't had in seventh and eighth grade, you That's know, that I, I still talk to. So, well, for the record, you do not have an accent. Uh, as a, as a, <laughs> not a anymore. Spanish speaker, that's for sure. <laughs> I probably have a, 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 an accent when I speak Spanish now. So, yeah. <laughs> so high school years, any special, special things about high school? Oh, memories? high school was a blast. I went to Shasta High School. Um, like I said, I've got some incredible friends that I still talk to. I uh, I played football. I was on the swim team, uh, so I was very active and just had a lot of fun. You know, we we went to a lot of parties and uh, you know. I was going to ask you, are you, were you a serious <laughs> student or more of the rebel? You know, the, the curriculum in Mexico City is ten times harder than what I came to really? in the United States. So I I found that it, school was very easy. When I got here, I got good grades. Um, uh, I never really struggled with school, uh, but you know, it it wasn't that hard. <laughs> well, we were talking uh, before we went on the air about the fact that uh, you went to Shasta High School. My wife and I bought our first house after I was out of college. My first job in Reading, not far from Shasta High School, right along the river there. And you talked about going up to Keswick Dam and messing around in that part. Oh of the world, yeah, so. Keswick Dam, Swayze. You know, uh, if any of my friends are listening right now, they know exactly what we're talking about. So <laughs> you know, back in those days before cell phones and parents being able to track you, uh, you know, yeah. it's probably a good thing. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, my, my youth, uh, uh, growing up in the Downeyville area, my friends and I went into all the mine shafts we could find. Yeah. And our, our parents never knew about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're <laughs> out there having thing. fun, talking. It's just, it's, it was a blast. I, I really enjoyed living and writing, going to Whiskey Town, Shasta Lake, and and uh, and that's where I met my wife too. Uh-huh. So, aha. Yeah. Okay, so she's from that area. Huh? She is. Yes. All right. Yep. So you're engaged in a variety of ways in giving back to the community. Is that something that you're that came from your family roots, your parents, or are they people that were involved in that, or is there somebody who influenced your life to be a community involved person? You know, um, maybe living in Mexico City, like I was telling you earlier, my grandma would cook a big paella every month in the neighborhood. And she just opened up her doors, and anybody could come, you know, everybody from the neighborhood. And we didn't live in a very nice part of town. Um, so uh, it kept us in good graces with, with the neighbors. And uh, so maybe it came from then, you know, seeing 
seen the smile on my grandma's face when people came in and 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 were enjoying her food and maybe it all stemmed from that you know and just giving back giving back to the community that way um i didn't know i was going to be a chef back then you know Uh Uh, so but living in this town you know there's so many great nonprofit organizations um and they've all been great to me so the the least i could do is give back to them so well that's wonderful yeah yep yep so um you you'd said your your early life wasn't impacted either positively or negatively by your multinational heritage in fact maybe even positively right yeah absolutely especially now i mean being able to be bilingual in in the food service business is huge yeah you know it's uh it's yeah it's great cool yep so food, obviously, was important in your childhood through um, the influence of both your Spanish and American grandmothers. Um, how did that influence your life, and when did you know that you were destined to be a chef? Well, um, I didn't really know I was going to be a chef until my senior year in high school. And I was, a, I was taking a home ec class, you know, back when you took home ec classes in high school, and I was one of two guys in that class <laughs> yeah you know all the cute girls were there so you know my, me and my friend scotty took that class uh uh and i knew i liked to cook so we all had our little kitchen cubicles and and uh, the instructor there actually saw my passion for cooking and she called up uh one of the best chefs in town his name was cal um, and he owns a restaurant in, in Reading, a, a small fine dining restaurant. And he came and gave a seminar um, to our class. And after the class, I approached him and I said, hey, I want to be a chef. And, and uh, he goes, well, you, you can come in, talk to me. And, and uh, I did. Uh, the next day I was in his kitchen and I, and I started out washing dishes. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's how you started back then. You know, you start well, at the bottom, work your way up. Well, I've got to ask if there's a special romantic twist to all of this in that maybe your wife was on the next cooking space in the home ec class, and that's how you met? Nope. She went oh. to a different high school. Oh, okay. She went to Enterprise High School. Well, so much, so much for that uh, romantic vision. So uh, how did you transition then into the food industry? You, you talked about this was in high school, right, yes. where you started washing dishes, but then yep. did that just continue? Did you... So uh, I, I kept working there, and uh, I went to Shasta High School or Shasta College, and they offered a uh, culinary program there. It was just a, a very brief two-year culinary program. Um, you learn the basics of cooking. Uh, and But where I got all my knowledge was, act, was doing a, a formal ACF apprenticeship program. The ACF is the American Culinary, culinary Federation, and it's the biggest group of chefs in the United States. Um, and they offer a 6,000-hour, three-year program. 6,000 hours. Yep, wow. that, that brings you f- from dishwashing all the way up to running a kitchen. So do you go somewhere for this? Do you, do you, you, do you, it's all on-the-job training. So okay, yeah. So I I got my a lot of my hours at that restaurant that I was talking about, but it also forces you to venture out. So uh, I I uh, did my breakfast cooking at the Red Lion Hotel, um, and works in other restaurants in town as well. So I got to meet a lot of good chefs, and uh, you know, is I think that's the best way to learn this profession is to be on the job and learn how to do it. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm Keith Porter, and my guest today is Antonio Ayestaran, 
professional certified chef, former executive chef at Aldecera Country Club, owner of Antonia Ayestaran Custom Catering, and an active member of our Western Nevada County community. So it's a pleasure to talk with you, Antonia, and learn more about your background. Um, but uh, tell us then about being on and then leading the team from California to the Culinary Olympics in Germany. In 1996, 2000, and 2004, you went to Germany and yep. uh, were involved in that. Sounds like it was a major honor to do that uh, and win medals at it. Wow. Yeah, it tell, was. Tell us about it. So uh, my uh, mentor, the chef that I was working for, he became part of the Culinary California Culinary Olympic team. It was a, part, uh, it was a, f- a four-person team, uh, and he was one of them, and he asked me to be his apprentice. Wow. So... You know, back then I had I had to pay my own way to go to Germany. Huh. Uh, we would do we'd practice. We'd go down to Laguna Beach to Palm Springs. That that's where our headquarters were, was for the uh, Olympic team. Um, and yeah, I got to work with some incredible chefs. And so in 1996, we earned a gold medal. And then in 2000, I actually became part of the team. You had to try out. So I had to go down to Los Angeles and. There was about 30 other chefs that tried out for the team, and I was the only Northern California boy that made it. Wow. Um, wow. And so, yeah, so I was, we earned a gold and silver medal in 2000 as well. And then in 2004, I was actually named team captain. Wow. Yeah, so I, I worked my way up there too. And uh, it's a big commitment. It's four, you know, it's every four years. So during those four years, you're practicing, you're developing different recipes. And then you're also raising your own money. You know, you have to raise money for the team. And the way we did that was by doing, uh, doing dinners. You know, we uh, do really big uh, celebrity chef dinners down in the Los Angeles area in Palm Springs with like Wolfgang Puck and Michelle Richard. So I got to meet some really incredible chefs that way. And, wow. I, and a lot of my knowledge came back from, from doing that. So that w- that was a period of time when you did that. You're not doing that uh, actively anymore. Does that program still exist? It, I, the California Culinary Team does not exist anymore. Oh. No, but the Culinary Olympic is is still going on. Um, it's it's the oldest cooking competition. It started in 1900. It started. It's always held in Germany, and it started out by, you know, a, a, a small village cooking their food, and it grew to 30 countries visiting Erfurt, Germany. And they all showcase their cuisines. They're all judged. It's all tasted. And it's wow. it's a pretty incredible thing. You ever going to go back? Uh, you know, I don't – that many years did it for me. I'm okay with that. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I did a lot of competing besides that as well. I, I competed at, in Las Vegas in the Las Vegas Culinary Cup, and, and uh, we won that a couple years. But, th- you know, all that takes a lot of time. Um, and when I started having a family, it's, it was time to give that up and, and focus on, on what really mattered. Making so. a living and having a family exactly. and a life. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Yep. So, Antonio, you and your young wife moved to Nevada County in 2001 when you became the executive chef at Alta Sierra Country Club. So how did you reach the decision to make such a significant career move and relocate to Nevada County? What was behind that? Well, uh, well my wife was born and raised in Redding. Her name's Meredith. And, and, uh, she listening? I hope she is. Hi, Meredith. <laughs> Hi, Meredith. <laughs> uh, so um, it was time to move. You know, it was time for something new. You know, honestly, Redding was a great place to, to grow up, but the summers there are brutal. Yeah, they are. And uh, the heat was getting to me. And we just wanted to explore something else. And uh, Grass Valley was a small town. 
uh, and that's what exactly what we were looking for to raise a family. Um, we actually, I actually got headhunted uh, by a, a guy that wanted me to work at the uh, um, Delta Queen in Sacramento. So my options uh, were work the, down the, there or work in Grass Valley for a lot less money. And I took better summers. I took Grass Valley <laughs> for a lot less money because I don't want to live down in Sacramento, yeah. um, especially after moving from Mexico. I, I needed to get out of the city. So, yeah, uh, we th- it was the best move we've ever made is move up to this town. Yeah. Well, tell us, what, what are some of the fun parts of being a chef in a large commercial kitchen? Oh, challenges. You know, a lot of people stress on the challenges. I, I like challenges. You know, like what we were talking about before when we did the dinner at at a at a at the center, center for, for the, the arts. arts yeah right. you know Wait, we're setting you... up outdoor kitchen you know we, yeah. we don't have a, a commercial kitchen there so the challenges of, of creating that um and you're doing that again this coming saturday yeah right? we are the we're there for again the, for their gala yeah. yeah so we bring all our own cooking equipment set up outside work out of a trailer uh so you got to be very flexible when it comes to catering but you know as far as it's it's what i enjoyed most from working in a in a large kitchen was was the people that we worked with, you know, your friends and, and the cooks that, you know, because you spend a lot of time together. You know, you're in a, uh, in a room with four walls with no windows. So you got to you get to know one another and, and develop some good bonds. Well, you seem from that comment and also my interaction with you, you're, you're a very personable guy. That somehow kind of flies in the face, doesn't it, of, of sort of the, uh, the image of the master chef and very demanding and uh, not very polite and uh, kind of a hard, hard pushing kind of a person? Well, you know, you're right. And uh, I worked for people like that. You know, <laughs> okay. I worked for people that threw saute pans across the kitchen. Really? I worked for guys that would just cuss you out for no reason. And, and uh, that was just the old school way of training people. And they, that's the way they were trained, and that's the way they trained us. Um, luckily, I realized that that was not the way that I wanted to be. You there know? you go. Yeah. Uh, you, you treat people with respect, and uh, they're going to they're gonna stay with you. Like, you know, I've, I've gave my right-hand man's been with me for 20 years. Yeah. There's no way I could yell at him or, or berate him or anything <laughs> like that. Um, right. uh, but yeah, so it's, it, you, you, you do see those shows like Gordon Ramsay or, you know, it's all for show, some of it, you know. Yeah, but sure. It's, yeah. It, but there are chefs out there like that. You know, right. it, it, it is an ego-driven business, yeah. for sure. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, I asked you about the fun parts. What are some of the parts of the job that you grit your teeth and endure because it's the only way you get to do the fun stuff? Oh, you know, working weekends. Yeah, yeah, you know, you you work when everybody plays, and that's something that you need to know when you get into this business. It's uh, you know, uh, you're you're missing kids' games, you're missing little league games, you're missing a lot of the important things that that uh, that really matter, and uh, it's just something that you have to deal with, you know. So that's that's yeah. the hardest part is is the sacrifice of of being away from the family when you should be home. Do you ever get to play when other people work, uh, the corollary? Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, when you go fishing, you got the whole lake to yourself, you know, <laughs> okay. or when you go skiing, you got the whole mount to yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, it, uh, it does have its perks, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am Keith Porter, and my guest today is Antonio Ayestaran, professional certified chef. He was at uh, Altisera Country Club for years, and now he's the owner of uh, Antonio Ayestaran Custom Catering. 
active member of our Western Nevada County community, and uh, altogether great guy, and not too not too surly and not too demanding, <laughs> uh, at least as I see him over here on the other side of the uh, studio here. Um, so, Antonio, you got two boys, you and your wife. Um, they were born during the time you were running the kitchen at Alta Sierra, and you said you made the transition at that point from being very career-driven to trying to find a way to balance your life. Um, w- was that behind the decision to become a caterer? And is that less, is that more uh, easy on family life with having your own business? I find it, it is. I've worked at uh, uh, country clubs. I've worked at s- small dining rest fine dining restaurants, large uh, convention centers, um, and definitely catering is a lot more family friendly. Even though owning your own business, you, you're basically working every day. Yeah. You, you know, you're checking your emails, you're making phone calls, you never really get a day off. However, I get to dictate when I work and when I don't. If Fair I enough. want a weekend off, I can put a big X on the calendar and say I'm not going to work. You know, it's like... An, you know, D- disappoint all your happy customers and different organizations in the community, right? Well, you know, we are a small business. We only do one event a day. Yeah. Um, uh, we're we're not a, a huge catering outfit. We believe in good quality service, and and uh, we don't overdo it. You know, so yeah, when Jacob and Dakota were born, it, it was time to to get away from the country club where they dictated my hours. And I wanted to do dictate my own hours, especially, you know, trying to see them. There you go. Yep. Well, uh, I've attended uh, several times. I've eaten food you've prepared at, at various sized events, small ones and large ones. But for the large ones in particular, it's very hard for me to understand how you pull it off. I just don't get it. Large quantities, a great food, well served, well prepared, beautifully uh, presented, um, and plated in very difficult conditions. You were talking about working at the Center of the Arts where you have to construct an outdoor kitchen or plating area, I guess, yep. whatever you would call it. Um, and uh, to top that all off, it's subject to health regulations of, I'm sure, all kinds. Absolutely. How do you do that? I don't well, get you get creative. You know, it's luckily I did a lot of camping when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so you're setting up outdoor kitchens. We have uh, commercial uh, appliances. I have the, you know, ovens, stoves, refrigeration that I bring with me. Yeah. Um, uh, and, do, you, you know, do you have a big truck or trailer? Or I have something? a big trailer that yeah. I haul everything with. Okay. Uh, but every event's different. We're setting up something up different at every event. Uh, um, but, you know, it, it all comes down to really your crew. Your crew's so important. You can't do it all. You can't feed 220 people by yourself. So having a good, solid crew that knows what they're doing, um, cooking on site's very important. You know, a lot of you know sometimes people what people do is they'll cook something in their kitchen, put it in a hot box, bring it over, let right. it sit for an hour, and the quality's just not there. Um, so we believe in doing as much as a final preparation on site, so it it, it has a restaurant quality to it. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm just amazed. So what's the inside secret of successfully catering a large event? Is there a secret sauce, literally or figuratively, that makes that successful? And I promise we won't tell anybody, just you and me, and we won't, <laughs> we won't be, keep a secret, just our, you and me and our listening gotcha. audience. Gotcha. Oh, it's, it's the preparation. Um, the the uh, successful events, it's all in the preparation, menu development, doing a tasting for your clients so they know what they're going to get. If there's that's that way, there's no questions asked. Um, doing a site review, seeing where you're going to work, what you need to bring. Um, 
and then execute the execution is the easy part. That's the fun part. You know, once you get go there and you start cooking stuff, uh, you know, working with the clients, you know, most of our events are our weddings. So it's a big festive event. Everybody's happy and in a good mood. They're saying hi to the chef. Um, and, unless they were going to get rubber chicken. And then they exactly. Yeah. So well, we don't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> good show. Good show. So it's all the pre- it's preparation. If, if there's a secret sauce, it's all in the preparation. Yeah. Okay. So I know that beyond your business operations, you and your family, you are involved in the community. Tell us what else you do and uh, what are the personal rewards for you for um, being involved in giving back in the community? So things that I do for fun, is that what you're asking me? Yeah, and, and, and our community involvement. Oh, things. well, you know, my wife keeps me pretty busy at home. You know, when yeah. I hear the tape measure come out in the morning, you know, I know I'm in for a fun day. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, doing work projects around the house really is, is fun for me, yep. even though I don't tell her that. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, hanging out with my kids. My kids were very heavily into sports. Uh, Dakota's still, and he's a senior in high school, and he still plays baseball, so... You know, being involved with them as much as I can during the last, you know, few months that they're going to be living with us, you know, before they go away right. for college. So um, that's what I do for fun. Um, and then, you know, working in the community is, is like, you know, we just did a dinner, a donation dinner for the hospice. Uh, it was 12 people uh, for uh, a, a gentleman that, that um, won the bid. So I donate dinners to all these events. And so I go to their house and cook a nice, you know, four or five course meal at their home. Uh, so that's, that's, that's fun for me. I, I, I've been at one of those. Yeah. And I, I was so terribly impressed. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievably good. Just a really fun time. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let me ask you a couple more personal questions. Sure. So is there an accomplishment or a role in your life, something you've done or experienced that you're really proud of, you, that you really uh, found to be uh, very important to you? You know, I think all in all is just creating a successful business. Um, it's, you know, I never went to school for business. I, I never knew I was going to have my own business. And it's it, the accomplishment of having a, a business that's lasted for 16 years that made it through COVID um, and having my family involved with it you know, my, my, both of my sons work in the kitchen with me. Oh, how cool. And so it's just, you know, when I look back, that'll be my biggest accomplishment is having my own business and being able to be family friendly with that. All right. Well, well, let me pretend I'm a real journalist and say, I'll ask you the other question, which is, okay, so that's your accomplishment. Is there anything you'd care to share about your life that you would do differently if you could do it all over again? Hmm. Boy, I really don't have any regrets. Um, maybe, I mean, Alta Sierra was a great stepping stone for me. Yep. Uh, it got my foot in the door in this community. Uh, maybe starting my business a little bit earlier, you know, so I could enjoy those young days of my kids, you know, because I, I did miss... You know, especially Jacob. He he was born in two thousand three. You know, I, I I missed a lot of his first couple of years of of life. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you know, it, you know, if I could go back, I'd I'd probably would have tried to, you know, do a little bit better job when it came to that. 
So well, he's on. His I way. try to make up for it. Okay, <laughs> and I know he's on his way to becoming a chiropractor, right? He so, is. Uh, yep. Obviously, you uh, you you've still provided a good foundation. For, oh, he's for they're him great. And, they're and, great and kids. Person. Yeah. All great. right. Yep. So one more final question here before we wrap up. Uh, let's talk about our community. There's a lot of people in our community that have. Uh, skills and experience that they could market somewhere else, maybe for more money or whatever, uh, that bring their talents right to this community, make it a really special place, I think. Uh, Why do you think this community attracts people like that? And I'm including you in that category. Oh, just the the way people are up here. They're all friendly. You go to the grocery store, they know your name, and uh, they'll say hi to you. Uh, Everywhere you go, you run into somebody that you know, and, and they're all super friendly. I think, you know, I describe Grass Valley as stepping into a time machine. Yeah. You know, it's it's just so different. Uh, it it, it kind of has better values in other places. And I think that's what attracts people. And it's a beautiful, you know, the weather's magnificent. Uh, there's just a good, great his, historic town. Absolutely. And yeah. I know I know several people, including my daughter and son-in-law, who have moved here recently from the Bay Area, and they're still a little in shock at the uh, fact that we don't have all the same sorts of, uh, of uh, things that the urban areas do. But, right. But well, you got to make do with what you got, right? Yeah. In, in fact, is they're a heck of a lot better. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yes. All right. I'm Keith Porter. My guest today has been Antonio Ayestaran, professional certified chef, former Executive chef at Alta Sierra Country Club, owner of Antonio Yestanon Custom Catering, active member of the community in western Nevada County. Well, Antonio, thanks very much for sharing your story with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Keith. And we appreciate all you do for the community. And I want some paella, sir. Hey, we'll do a paella party. There all you go. Right. Thank you, Keith. All right, thank you. All right.